Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today, my guest is Steve Simon, aka the passionate photographer. Welcome back, Steve. It's great to be back with you, Valerie. <laughs> we just uh, saw each other at the Out of Chicago conference, and we're going to see each other again at Out of New York. So that's pretty cool. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was great seeing you and everybody else at Out of Chicago. Chicago is such a, an amazing place. It's just kind of uh, awe-inspiring. Yeah. You know, they say about the architecture there. I know I'm more of a people guy, but wow, just put the people in that kind of setting. And it was just a lot of fun to be shooting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun. And it was fun to to meet, well, not only the, the participants who came and, uh, and there was such a great energy, um, but also you and all the other presenters, you know, a lot, a lot I have only seen at conferences once in a while and many I had never met in person, but we had known each other for so long. So that was really fun. That's always a blast. Yeah, exactly. And even though they put us to work quite a bit, there was still a couple of moments where I could peek in to see other presenters, you know, and uh, that was really kind of cool, too, to yeah. learn from them and maybe steal some of their teaching techniques and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's fun. It's like, yeah, it, it's we I always miss everybody I want to see, uh, you know, presenting because, yeah, we're we're kept really busy. It's like nonstop, you know, between presentations and then photo walks, presentation, photo walks. And, and then I had some one on ones. And so I was so busy. But um, it's uh, it's fun when you can s peek into a classroom. For sure. Yeah, and those those kinds of things are are great, and and I think you know a lot of the participants come away with you know some some little nuggets. I mean, for me, as you know, in my evolution as a photographer, street photographer, you know, it's often been where I'll go to something and I'll get kind of like one nugget that just kind of pushes me forward in a in a really big way. And you know, it's hard to know where it's going to come from, but in conferences like this, you know, you're going to get stuff that you can use. Oh, definitely. Yeah, from uh, from the from among the participants themselves too you know as they hit the streets together and and then from the presenters for sure um yeah it was fun so i can't wait till out of new york which is going to be a, a first this year and i'm sure it will be just as fun and as, and as successful as the out of chicago conference so yeah a little more many. boring for me because you know i'm in new york and really what is there to shoot in new york <laughs> oh, I mean, there's not much going on here <laughs> you're so lucky you know i, I always know. say that i want to be peter turnley i want to have a place in paris and a place in new york there yeah and i would not uh, need yeah. to be anywhere else <laughs> But I, I say that jokingly, but, you know, the reality is that, you know, whether I'm in Minnesota or a small town, I mean, the streets of wherever, including yeah. the little village in Africa, are always interesting to That's me. True. And you know how it is when you're when you're away from your home environment, you know, it's sometimes easier to find inspiration just because things are new and mm -hmm. things are something you haven't seen before. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear a New Yorker say that because uh, <laughs> everybody's always thinking, oh, well, if I was in New York, you know, it would be new all the time. But not necessarily. You know, you get used to your own environment and uh, going somewhere new is always fun. <laughs> That is true. But as our listeners know, I mean, when I kind of reinvented myself and, and declared myself a street photographer, it was 
it was a real revelation because I think that for me, um, you know, as this documentary and photojournalist, you know, I started in the street, of course, when I was a kid. Um, it means that there's always subject matter, any street, any time. Mm -hmm. It's always interesting. So once I kind of made that, you know, I sort of wore that moniker, moniker um, it allowed me um, or at least inspired me to go out shooting more. And mm -hmm. I know and you're, you guys know out there that, you know, whenever you go out shooting, you know, you're going to get some new material. Yeah. And chances are in that you're going to get some good stuff. And really the best way to, to, to sort of get better and just kind of move forward is to just be shooting as mm -hmm. much as you can for sure and i i really believe that a true street photographer should be able to do their best work in their own environment um, yes yeah. yes I, I i totally agree because you know if you can make a little more extraordinary out of the ordinary when you get to the extraordinary and that's different for everybody when you're inspired in a new place that you haven't been um you'll be able, able to use all the the things that you know that you do you know in your sort of uh, home environment yeah. uh, to make things even even stronger and better so yeah i totally agree with you on that yeah. valerie for sure. But uh, today I want to talk about some a project that you've been working on. Not really. Well, it's become a project, but it's actually an assignment. You shoot the national conventions. I do. I do. And I'm I'm a former Canadian. Well, I'm still Canadian, but I moved to the United States. Uh, you know, I've always been inspired by coming to America. And I think it, it connects to what we were talking about, because as a kid growing up in Montreal and, and then traveling in other parts of Canada, I'd come to the States often, you know, we're so close. And, and, and you know, the, the States was always this kind of mystery, crazy place to me. It was so different from what I was used to in Canada that you know, I was inspired photographically by it, you know, to the point where ultimately, you know, after working on this project where I traveled the states that bordered Canada, um, I ended up moving here. And now I'm a, a proud U.S. citizen, or we'll see how that goes after the conventions mm -hmm. or the election. But I'm uh, I'm uh, living in the United States. And, you know, again, it's the power of photography. And I know there are a lot of passionate photographers uh, listening to this. And, and, you know, it's just wonderful to have something you're, you are passionate about. And for me, um, it's really had sort of a profound and powerful effect on my life in that, you know, my camera has kind of, uh, I've followed it into all these incredible situations to the point where, you know, my life now, I have to give credit to my Nikon because, you know, I don't think I would be sitting here in Brooklyn right now, um, if not for this, this passion I found early on in mm -hmm. photography and I'm, I'm glad to have found it you know right at the beginning yeah so um so you shoot nikon right that's right i know i and you're a nikon what do they call them are you i am not i am not a nikon um sort of ray of light or spot of sunshine <laughs> or artisan of whatever i am i am not one of those guys uh, unfortunately um i have done a lot of work for nikon which is the the correct pronunciation yes. which is when i get pretentious that's how i say it uh -huh. um in japan you know i've worked on campaigns for their their d600 and nikon dl premium compact cameras that are not quite out yet so um you know i i start out in canada i don't really have the relationship with nikon usa that you know i would love to be a nikon ambassador but I am not, but uh, I am because, you know, I've, I've stuck with Nikon and I, I still stay with them. But you and I know that it's not the 
paintbrush or the paint. It's right. the person behind it. So so it doesn't really matter. But I've, I've stuck with Nikon. And because I work with them, um, you know, I've, I've planted my flag uh, uh-huh. with Nikon. And uh, even though I know that you and so many other street shooters are, are using different uh, tools, it doesn't really matter. No. You know, and. And and I agree that you know a smaller uh, footprint uh, allows you to be a little bit lower profile, um, but I've found ways to use my DSLR, which I still think is the sweet spot in terms of you know fast autofocusing, etc. Nothing faster than you know Cartier-Bresson and zone focusing. I'll I'll give give that, but. In terms of the autofocus systems, um, you know the DSLRs are still still pretty fast, but you know things are changing, and yeah. honestly, it doesn't really matter That's what you're right. shooting. Yeah, it's it, you know as long as it's familiar and you don't have to uh, struggle with the settings, <laughs> so you could be fast. That's right. That's the, exactly that's as the long key. as it doesn't get in the way yep. of what you're trying to do. You so know, true. As a so true. Street shooter. So tell me, national conventions, when did you start doing that and how did that come about? Was it an assignment for a newspaper or what? Yeah, well I think I've I've often in my photographic life I've given myself these sort of uh, self-assigned projects because mm-hmm. you know I'm a true believer in the personal project as a way of vaulting yourself uh, and and really kind of um, uh, allowing you to sort of peel the onion go deeper in the work that you do whatever it might be whether you're a landscape shooter portrait or um, street photographer so I've often given myself um, you know self-assignments and it started in 2004 I moved to New York City and the Republican convention was there and you know New York is not really a Republican place Mm -hmm. so there was a lot going on there was so much media there there were a lot of protests and it was just very interesting to me as this former newspaper and photojournalist guy to be able to be in that kind of setting. And, you know, it was historical. I mean, it was, uh, you know, in terms of American politics, it was kind of a moment. Uh, George Bush was the um, the person that uh, was at the Republican convention that, you know, everybody was, you know, he was going to be the, the, maybe the next president. So it just made sense to, to, you're there, it's a week and there's so much going on. So I freed my schedule. I got accreditation. So, you know, this is something that maybe listeners, um, can, can, uh, consider as well. And that is, you know, if there's something that requires accreditation, um, see if you can talk to whomever, uh, local media, um, um, and I, I got my Canadian news magazine, McLean's Magazine, to give me, uh, to get me accreditation. Now, obviously, you know, the bigger the event, the more difficult it is to get accredited, but it's certainly not impossible. And if there's something that anyone out there wants to shoot and you know it's coming up, you know, start now and see what you can do to sort of uh, fit the requirements so that you can get in. Um, so it was just for a street photographer, man, there was so much going Mm -hmm. on. You know, the streets were crazy in New York. There were protests, a lot of people. Um, and, and also, um, as a street photographer in terms of direction, because in 2004, when I started this, there was so much happening. I'd never seen that many photographers before. There were literally, I'm trying to remember the numbers, but there were 4,000 delegates really that were in Madison Square Garden. And that's what you needed to to get at 4,000. But there was, I think, three or four times the amount of press covering those 4,000 delegates. So you've got thousands more journalists and and then you've got the protests. So I, I decided 
before it started that I would focus on three things. I would focus on the protests on the street, which was obviously very interesting and, and difficult to navigate. I would focus because I had accreditation to be inside. It was special access to the delegates and the theater that goes on inside the building. Um, and then there's the media because there were, you know, four times the number of media covering these, you know, delegates. And that was really interesting to me. So, I did that. I focused on the media, the, the delegates inside, and the protests, and it gave me some direction. And at the end of the convention, I spilled everything out on the floor, and I put together the puzzle that would sort of give a narrative to what was there and ended up publishing a book called The Republicans. So, um, you know, I'm shooting with a little bit of direction, but I'm not thinking too much. And at the end of it, uh, I had this sort of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it said something and I didn't, I didn't go in with any agendas and uh, it was just very interesting for a street shooter to go in and sort of work that way. And since that time, um, it inspired me to go back in 2008 and 2012 and now 2016, which promises to be very interesting. And by the, at the end of that, I'm going to spill everything out and then I'm going to maybe try and do a book on all this work that I've accumulated over the different conventions. That's awesome. So, yeah, I like the idea of, an, of focusing on, on specific um, areas. Otherwise, it's so overwhelming. It's just like going to a new city. And then you land and you try to capture it all and you end up with a bunch of pictures that don't tie together. So it's kind of the same approach. You know, you have to focus on certain things so that you don't get too scattered. Yeah, definitely. Even on the micro level, I mean, I've learned that in my photography, um, if I spend more time in fewer places, you know, places that have some visual potential, you know, 99% of the the time I end up with stronger work as opposed to just kind of wandering. And I love, you know, wandering spontaneously, letting serendipity be my guide. That's a fantastic thing. But at the same time, um, if I see something that's kind of interesting and ongoing and developing, um, I'd rather plant myself and sort of explore that one thing with more time because I know that I'm going to come away with stronger images. Mm -hmm. So what what was uh, on the first first convention? Tell me a moment that was really key for you, uh, an image that resonates with you today still. Particularly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that um, it it was exciting because mm -hmm. it starts out and there's so much going on. So I remember uh, during the protests, there was a moment where. Um, uh, right in front of Madison Square Garden, you know, there were these kind of anarchist uh, young kids kind of who, you know, were, were protesting and they had this kind of, I guess it was a papier-mâché uh, dragon. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what it represented, but just right when they got to Madison Square Garden, you know, they had they put on masks and they set it afire. And, you know, you can imagine, I think we're even more sensitive. And this is 2004, where 2001 was just, you know, three years prior. Mm -hmm. And but but this thing went up in flames and there was kind of chaos ensued. And I did get a shot that I really liked of this police officer kind of caught maybe a little bit like everyone else, a little bit sort of unsure and you know, a little nervous and scared about what was going on because no one really knew what was going on. In the end, 
it was not a big deal. No one got hurt. It was more of just a, a thing. But that was kind of, um, you know, one moment that I think uh, really encapsulated uh, kind of at least the protests and, and, and what could happen and what didn't happen and all that kind of stuff. It was a strong image. Um, you know, the other thing too was, you know, so I was looking at journalists and I remember there was a uh, someone talking and I, I don't know if I saw it at the time, but I certainly saw it in editing. It was an Al Jazeera microphone and Al Jazeera was not as mainstream as it is today in 2004. And the person talking you know, I probably took different images, but her lips are kind of sealed. And, and I thought that was kind of symbolic of, you know, the media, at least to, to one degree. And then inside, at the end, um, when finally the, uh, the person, the, pre- the, the, the person they want to elect as president, George Bush and his family came out, I, I, I knew I wanted that image. And fortunately, so I planted myself kind of up high. I wanted kind of a, a very sort of you know, capture the whole environment with the little George Bush coming onto the stage with his family. And I was, I was very happy that I, I, I got a shot that I was happy with. So, you know, when I spilt it all out, I don't think I would have had the book published had I not really had that focus and direction. And in the end, um, you know, I really uh, was kind of happy with, with what I got with my little Nikon D70s in 2004. You kids don't are too young to remember that, but it was a six megapixel camera. Camera. And by the way, I had an exhibition of some of this work and I made beautiful 17 by 22 uh, inch prints. And and the other thing I should mention to your viewers is that for the most part, um, I've shot this with the idea of black and white because mm-hmm. I want to cut to the content and color is such a big trigger when it comes to the blue of Democrats or the red of, of Republicans that, you know, I turn my I shoot raw, of course, because it's better to, you know, uh, uh, you know, make create your black and white from a raw file. But on the back of the camera, I set my monochrome um, uh, GLC picture monochrome. control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it. See it in black and white. Um, so yeah, 17 by 22 with that six megapixel file. And I remember going to B and H photo, um, at the time because I needed some memory cards and spending over $200, <laughs> these giant two gig cards. I know. Isn't that crazy? For 225 bucks. I wish I could return them. I don't know. Maybe I, what is it? 30 days or 14 years. (laughs) I forget what their policy is, but I should trade them back in. No, those are almost, uh, antiques now. (laughs) <laughs> they may gain yeah, value it's pretty amazing when you kind of look back but you know that's another lesson for us you know when you you go back and you don't remember the equipment or what you use yeah. you have the images it's the images that count so best not to get too fixated on gear and i'm a bit of a gear guy i have to admit i i love that aspect of it but at the same time you know i i try not to get too close to my camera um mm-hmm. in that uh, i know that it's not here now, so I can say this, that, you know, there's some day when I'll be using a different camera body. So, um, you know, I try not to get too attached. Mm-hmm. So now what lens were you using? Because you don't get, I mean, you're not that close. So you must ha- need some reach, right? Kind of like well, if you were shooting a sporting event. Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, you know, when there's a bunch of photographers, I'm either going to want to include them in the mm-hmm. photo or sort of go somewhere else because, you know, I'm not doing what they're doing. I'm not trying to get sort of the news shot or the bread and butter shot of, you know, the person up on the stage looking really fantastic. I'm looking um, to sort of go behind the curtain and show the <clears throat> the theater 
<clears throat> excuse me, of, of what this is all about. So there's really no bad position. And generally, I don't have to be that close. Um, but I would take, because access is sometimes limited, um, I would take a Zoom lens. So so that has evolved as well. Like in 2004, I had kind of a Zoom. Um, in 2008, I did too. I had like the 7200. I probably had a 1.4 converter and maybe a 24 to 70. In 2012, I shed that and sort of took my 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 um, sort of street shooting gear. I had, you know, two bodies, a 35 and an 85. Mm-hmm. And I would work within that. And it's very liberating. And yeah. I don't care about all the other media because I'm doing something different. And that's also liberating not to have an assignment. So, you know, there's stuff happening where I am and I'm maybe saying things that are a little bit different. Um, um, but because, you know, for example, you know, the floor is sort of the coveted place, you know, closer to where the action is and the VIPs are there. And um, the way it works is, I mean, there's different degrees of access. And of course, I don't have, you know, the highest uh, press privileges. It really depends on who you're shooting for. Generally, the hierarchy is if you're working for someone that's got, you know, a huge circulation that you're going to have more access. And, and I am, I am not that guy. So, so they would revolve it. So you'd have like 20 minutes on the floor and then you'd have to come back and drop off your pass and get in line again to get on the floor. So you couldn't necessarily be there when you wanted to be, but you live within the constraints and and you and your viewers know that sometimes, you know, having those barriers kind of forces you to do something differently, not necessarily um, uh, worse, but just something different. Yeah. And that could be more interesting um, as well. So I think this year they have a new sort of situation and the Secret Service got involved. They have to vet you. And I'm not sure exactly what my press uh, privilege is going to be. I'm a little worried that I may not be able to get as close as I have in previous conventions. Um, So if that's the case, it'll certainly be disappointing. But at the same time, I'm just going to go with the flow. You know, I'd like to get be able to have you know full access but you deal um you know with it as it as it comes but then again most of the interesting action may be on the streets well fair enough Mm -hmm. fair enough i mean you know the fact is though that you know when covering something as big as these conventions as concentrated as they are in that sort of four-day period uh there's a lot to shoot always but there's also things happening inside and things happening outside and a lot of things sort of can't be predicted. And obviously big news organizations could have a photographer outside and a photographer inside. But of course I am shooting for myself. So I have to make these choices and um, you know, there could be something big going on outside that I don't know about and I'm bored inside because things aren't happening. But you know, that's been my experience. Um, it's hard to do it all. And you know, I've, I've wanted to get inside, um, and as the, 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 you know, it starts off pretty slow, but then the big players, you know, start to appear later in the convention. And that's, you know, it, it crescendos at the end when the, you know, the nominee gets to speak, uh, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton in these cases. And when that starts to happen toward the end, access inside becomes a lot more limited. So, you know, I don't know 
exactly what that's going to be like. But but you have to make choices and live with them. And, you know, I don't have any real agenda. So, you know, if at the beginning, I'll, you know, probably wander in and out and maybe you have a little bit more freedom. But as things move on during the week, um, it gets a little more difficult to, yeah. to, to figure out what to do. Do you still get your press pass through that Canadian paper? No, as a matter of fact, you know, I, I have to say that, and this is something for your listeners to understand as well, is that, you know, because I've been doing this and because, you know, people know I'm passionate and uh, I did, I remember uh, maybe it was 2008, I did, a, there was a piece that I did for digital journalists, which is something that goes out to all the journalists. Uh, I don't know if it's still, Dirk Halstead was the guy running that um, site, digitaljournalist.org, may not be around anymore, I'm not sure, I haven't looked lately. But I guess I've, I've, I've become a bit of a known quantity. So this time, even surprisingly to me, I was able to get my press credential just with my company, The Passionate Photographer, Inc. Wow. So I, and that's something that you would never get on the first try. But, you know, again, I started in 2004, 2008, 2012. And, you know, the people that do the accreditation, are, it's the White House Press Association. And it's the same people. You know, they've, they've, they've stayed in that job and they kind of knew me. And I, I appreciate, uh, they, they, they know what I was doing and they'd seen some of the work. And, and um, it was really kind of satisfying to be able to not need anybody. Um, on, the, on the plus side, though, if you have some uh, assignment, uh, it helps to offset the cost. And I will tell you that, you know, if you try and get a hotel room in Cleveland during the Republican convention or in Philly during the Democrats, Motel 6 is suddenly 450 a night. Ugh. Motel 6 comes the Ritz. This is the American way, right? It's yeah. supply and demand. So fortunately for me, I, I knew someone, actually a former workshop participant who offered up his Cleveland place for me to stay. And that's been the case Every time, uh, you know, in 2008 in Denver, um, I put a Craigslist ad uh, or I, I'm not even I think I think, you know, looking for accommodation, you know, photographer doing project. And uh, this very wonderful family opened up their incredible architecturally designed home. He was an architect and I stayed with them. They, they believed in what I was doing, you know, That's and wanted awesome. to support you know, so there are ways to do it without having to spend a lot of money. And the freedom of not being tied to an assignment means that I can just do my thing without having to fulfill um, any other kind of, and I can really concentrate on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, not having to work for a client is the best. Exactly. 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 <laughs> I know. I mean, at any level, you know, I was a commercial photographer for a long time. And then five years ago, about yeah then i started shooting just for me and having just to please myself with my photography is a good place to be <laughs> yeah but you're you're probably uh, your own worst client in the sense that your bar that you set for yourself is probably higher than any client that you have <laughs> that's true that's true but yeah. uh that's also pretty rewarding <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so exactly. which convention so far and this will probably change this year uh who knows but which one has stood out the most in all those years gosh well i think that obviously 2004 was the first one and a lot happened mm -hmm. uh during it and uh but um you know 2008 was obviously a huge um historical yes. time for the united states i mean it was the first time an african-american um 
was, uh, you know, up there, you know, was the, the, the candidate for a major party and he actually won. So that was pretty, pretty powerful. And, you know, as part of my coverage, you know, I did the convention in 2008 in Denver, um, and 20, 2008, also the Republicans were in your hometown. Do you remember? Were you there? Oh, at the yes. Time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was like the city was pretty much off limits. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they closed a lot of the businesses downtown because I think it was at the, probably at the Excel or right, right in St. Paul, and uh, yeah. they closed most businesses around there because security was so tight. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Um, but um, yeah, so in 2008, obviously the Democratic convention in that big open air stadium was pretty amazing and just being there was was super cool but i think one of the more uh, powerful moments is a little bit off the beaten track of this um uh project but i'm still going to include it and that was on election night living in new york city obviously you know barack obama was an incumbent was the 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 person he was from chicago so that would be a very interesting place to to be but i went down to harlem because i figured you know on in the first African-American potential person to become president of the United States. I thought being in Harlem, which Mm -hmm. still is primarily African-American, would be a good place to go. And it turned out to be the case. It was it was very emotional and powerful because I truly believed um, in looking and talking with people and photographing them on that night that they did not believe that an African-American was going to be elected president of the United States. And you saw as the, you know, there was a big screen there on 125th Street, and you saw as the results were coming in that this was becoming more of a possibility, yeah. and you saw the faces change. And and that was a pretty emotional and special time to be because, you know, the conventions themselves, especially after a while, you know, they're, they're pretty, they're done, they're, they're, you've been there, done that, you know, they're mm-hmm. pretty similar. So you're always kind of looking for new ways to to cover it so so that was pretty powerful for me i think oh yeah for sure so what do you expect uh, this year so when is it that's july right it's later this yeah, month. yeah yeah so the 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 republicans are up first um i think it starts on the 17th of july in cleveland's at uh, quicken loans arena and then the following week are the dems and they're in philly Okay. So it's it's coming up pretty soon. Actually, now that I'm looking at the calendar, I think, oh my god, it's it's like at the end of next week. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta I gotta get ready. So yeah, it's it's um it's it's happening there. And and I think that um you know in 2012 um uh when I was was there, I did a couple little side things because you know again I I'd been there and I I I don't want to completely repeat myself, so I decided to do a little a little last minute thing on in 2012. I did a little bow tie sort of Bill Cunningham, oh, fun. may he rest in peace, uh, fashion thing where I photographed sort of the bow ties of the various Republicans because you see more bow ties bow ties at the Republican convention than you do at the. Uh, <laughs> it's one thing you notice. It's one thing That's you funny, notice. Yeah. So I did a, I did a little sort of uh, little set of pictures on that, and then for the Dems, uh, because there were protests there, I noticed how the um, young protesters and there were young cops, and you know the cops were just watching. So I did sort of you know with my 85, I tried to get close and did a last minute little portrait thing where I I photographed close ups on the protesters, and then of the cops, and then I would sort of juxtapose them, mm-hmm. and I think I have them on my website in that way, um, and that was sort of interesting to me. So you know in 20 
16, obviously, this is a just crazy time with yeah. the Donald Trump candidacy, and we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, there's talk that it could be a little bit, uh, you got to watch out, you know, with the protests, etc. Um, I'm not necessarily expecting anything bad to happen. But so, yeah, I mean, obviously, Trump is, is a character that I have not photographed before so um i would like to get some images that include him in this he's, mm -hmm. he's obviously the key figure for this and that might prove to be a little challenging if i don't have the kind of access that i i've had in the past but i'll i'll figure it out so i may take i may end up taking the, the 70 to 200 um just for for that situation and maybe my little one one four converter in it just to have coverage yeah. there that i'm to use um and then uh yeah so i am just gonna I'm, I'm, I'm kind of you know having done this so much i kind of know what i have and knowing what i have means you know more of the same with new faces and you know cartier bresson said there's no new ideas in the world there's just a reorganizing reorganizing and re-looking re at things and and i think that's kind of what i'm going to do but hopefully um I'll, I'll have some other little bow tie or protester <laughs> little side projects that i'll be inspired once I see kind of what's going on, I'm not going to go in with too much of an agenda. Yeah, uh, this I time. think. Yeah, I think that's that's. Yeah, get the feel for the for what's happening, and then then make a plan at that time. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, those will be my streets. I mean, your mm -hmm. viewers understand. So I'm going to be, you know, sort of using all the 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 knowledge that I have as a street photographer to kind of um, you know capture moments within you know what's going on and there's there's so much going on so so it 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 hopefully will will be good hopefully i'll have some images that uh, i think i can use and by the way too in in 2008 i i did another little side project where i photographed um just close-ups of some of the people and i chose to do those in color just and i think color and black and white can live together within mm -hmm. a project i think what will be really interesting for me and challenging is it was one thing to put together a book from one convention in 2004, but to look at back at all this work and put together some sort of narrative yeah. from, you know, all these things. I mean, that's going to take a lot of time. Ultimately, I can't do it on my own because I'm too close to it. So I'm going to maybe seek out you and maybe some other respected people to give me some opinions. And uh, that's going to be a long process. I, I don't want to rush that. And I'm going to try and get that published, uh, not so much on my own, but, you know, a trade publication. And sure. it's, you know, to get that published, there hopefully will be some interest uh, in it. Oh yeah, I look forward to that. That'll be that'll be awesome, and I I want a autographed copy for sure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I downloaded your ebook um, in Chicago. I bought one, but you didn't sign it. But I guess That's it was right. in I'll there. I'll have to sign your iPad. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, the 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 uh, the real print book will be out next year. Different one, but. Um, oh, yeah, fantastic. I'm going to be published. Um, well, I just signed the contract a couple of weeks ago with uh, Focal Press Rutledge in New York. So yes. a, a different book, but that one will be an actual book. So I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be signing copies next year, <laughs> about a, a little bit over a year from now, because I'm uh, my deadline to finish writing is January. But you know how it takes about six to yeah. nine months after that so yeah you'll um, you'll actually start writing in december yeah. and, uh, <laughs> hey i'm still I'm, have... I'm writing every day 
I'm, uh, Good for you. I'm actually ahead of schedule. I want to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. no, I remember uh, the best piece of advice, and maybe I even I was talking to someone in Chicago about that. It was it was weirdly from Neil Young's biography, which I was reading. His dad's a famous writer in Canada, and he said, you know, the advice he got from his dad was just don't edit, just you know, throw it up, so to speak. You know, just keep those fingers going, tapping on the keyboard. Yeah. And if you do a little bit every day, that's going to accumulate. And then you're going to have this mass of words, which you can cull and edit and all that stuff. But yeah, if you put it off and procrastinate and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a procrastinator, then, then it's really going to be hard to do. So good for you. Kudos. You're, you're actually doing a little bit um, as you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, we're looking at 40,000 words, which I figured, well, you know, isn't a picture worth a thousand words? So that's not so 40 bad. 40 images. That's exactly. Images. <laughs> Somebody I brought that up the other day. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, you know, this whole philosophy of less is more, I think, carries over to so much of what we do as photographers in terms of not just in equipment, carrying stuff, but also, you know, within the frame, you know, simplifying your compositions, etc. Yeah. Um, and the idea sometimes of and even in a presentation and I, you know, sometimes I feel I just don't have the confidence. So I, I pack too much stuff in my presentation and I end up, you know, having too much for the hour and out of Chicago or often that's the case. But having the sort of confidence to go in with less to get your message across. I mean, only now am I kind of starting to figure out how to do that a little bit. And, uh, you know, in a way, you know, rather than have 40,000 words, you know, images with fewer words makes your job easier in a way. Um, but obviously they contracted you. They want 40,000 oh, yeah, words. I mean, they're, they're, they're yeah. word people. Book people are word people. They don't completely yeah. get the photo thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, 40,000 words, 300 images. I mean, it's just, you know, I, they gave me the numbers. So they have to be big words. Is there a certain number of letters they have to contain? <laughs> <laughs> but they'll be all really small words. Better read the fine print there. I mean, <laughs> even Hemingway, he used small words. So, you know. so it's it's fun. It's quite an adventure. I'm ex I'm excited, and uh, I mean, it, you know, everyone can self publish, but being published by a publisher and a respected publisher in New York was a pretty big deal for me. You know, yeah, I didn't I expect it, it, and uh, it is, it yeah. is. And just for your viewers to know, I mean, I've been lucky in the sense that I've had some. In some like monochrome books published on HIV AIDS, the Republican book. I did one back in Canada. Um, what else? I think there's one more that I can't remember. Oh yeah. The empty sky book. That was uh, after nine 11. That was a crazy publishing story, which you can save for another time. But the idea of getting a photo book published by a publisher, even well-known respected names can't have it published. They need to come in with, you know, either some sort of pre-sale or $10,000 or $25,000. So, you know, they might go out and do a Kickstarter thing or try and sell prints to raise money to get the book published. And that is just the way it is, the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. And there's been, you know, before Blurb and all these great self-publishing things, you know, Eugene Richards and Ralph Gibson, I mean, they, they published their own book because, you know, it's not that their book wasn't worthy of publishing. It's just that, you know, photo books are not big sellers That's and it's, true. it's publishing has always been a commerce. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And Steve, of course, you wrote The Passionate Photographer, which is one of my all-time favorite photography books. So I highly recommend it to everyone out there. 
Oh, well, thank you. Well, I've, I wrote it, but I haven't read it because, uh, but as I talk to people, it has gotten good reviews and you liked it. But, yep. uh, you know, once, once you write it, you're not going to read it again, will you? <laughs> That's or true. with your new street book, are you going to be reading I it? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'll tell you when like, I, after I read it. <laughs> I mean, it's true. The ebook, it's like, uh, you know, I didn't read it again once it was published. I, re- I did the final proofing on it, but then once it's published, I'm like, I'm not going to read it again. <laughs> Well, I tell I you, what, I once I was introduced before some sort of speaking thing, and he read like a paragraph from the book, and I was going, that's pretty good. Sounds pretty Maybe good. Maybe I should read it. Maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, to anyway. get inspired again. <laughs> exactly. so, so what do you have uh, going on the next few weeks besides the conventions, which are going to keep you quite busy? But do you have any workshops happening? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. I'm going to be in Vancouver uh, toward the end of August. And, and we'll be there at the too. same time. Yay! <laughs> oh my goodness, that's fantastic. Yeah, I still have a couple of spots left in my Vancouver workshops. And uh, now you've been to Vancouver before, yes, have you? Yes, I was just there in yeah. March, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, an amazing, beautiful place. Yeah. Almost too beautiful, to be honest. It's- I mean, it's, it is beautiful, that's for sure. And uh, again, very different vibe. Uh, you know, a lot of cities, I feel like kind of, you know, cookie cutter, but this is one of those cities that are just very unique. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you've got the physical beauty of the place, I mean, the ocean and the mountains mm-hmm. around. Then, of course, you've got the, the city and urban, and you've also got a, a pretty gritty, rough area around East Hastings. Mm-hmm. You know, the there tends to be uh, a lot, you know, there's, there's an area where, um, anyway, it's, it's, it's kind of a gritty place, but Vancouver is, is beautiful. I've, I've done workshops there for the past few years. You know, my wife's from there. So we, we go back uh, every summer and I always look forward to it. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. So yeah, I'll be there. So what are the dates for that workshop? Is it the 17th? That is a good question. Um, you keep talking. I know it's. I, I know it's. Uh, mine is the the it's, weekend of the twentieth, twentieth, twenty first, or something in August. Yeah, so I'm going to go to this website that I like, thepassionatephotographer.com, <laughs> and I'm going to click on the workshops setting. Actually, I clicked on the wrong thing here. Um, yeah, August eighteenth to the twenty first, and okay. uh, I've rented a great loft there in Gastown that will be our mm-hmm. base, and from there. We're going to go all over the city, as I'm sure you are, too. So yep. very much looking forward to that. And then in September, the 9th to the 15th, we're going back to Havana. And we yeah. still have a couple spots left for that. You know, this this cla- this workshop with my my buddy and photographer friend, uh, Juan Carlos Ocana, is really, uh, we've carved quite the workshop. So you're going to get a great portfolio of stuff. You know, we go off the beaten track in Old Havana. And on the plus side, we stay in arguably kind of the best hotel and and it's the park central which is a beautiful nice. five-star mm-hmm. and you know when you're when you're on the road and you're doing you know stuff in old Havana, i mean you almost feel guilty about staying at such a beautiful place but you need it because you know you're out on the streets you're working and you really need to have a comfortable place to edit we have our classes there for a couple hours each day where we critique everybody and then we uh, get back out there and, and shoot so yeah september 9th to 15th is that and I haven't announced it yet, but we're just sort of uh, in the process of going to be posting the workshop um, in Tokyo. We're going to Tokyo. Nice. Have, have you been? That's to- awesome. No, never. That's on my list. Maybe I should join you. Yeah, you should join. Maybe I can give you the 2% family discount. That's I right. Don't know. I don't know. If I join, that. you might have a lot of people coming with. 
<laughs> well, that's true. You've got the hugest <laughs> following of anybody that I know. But, you know, the Tokyo one I'm really looking forward to. I'm, awesome. I'm doing it with my, my friend, uh, uh, Suichi Hayashi, who's a, a, a great, beautiful photographer, kind of a Nikon guy. I've worked with him on a various uh, Nikon projects. And, uh, you know, he's, he's from Tokyo, so we're putting together a really interesting um, workshop um, there. And let me just see if I have the dates on that. Yeah, I think it is going to be November 10th to the 17th. Oh, wow, that's, that's this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're putting it together pretty fast. Um, we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff there from tea garden to streets to Yodabashi camera, which is the B&H of Tokyo. Mm -hmm. um, and there's lots of interesting stuff planned, night photography, all kinds of great stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So so that'll close out the year for me uh, workshop wise. And uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to do the second edition of The Passionate Photographer. It's been five years. So you know, I've been percolating over the years and I I'm kind of excited, although I'm not excited about the work, but about kind of updating it and uh, really adding some things that I've learned these past few years. And, and uh, you know, you'll see that once you have the base foundation laid in your new street book with Focal, um, as time goes by, you'll be able to update it, make it more current, add some new insights that you've gotten over the years. So so I'm kind of looking forward to, to working on that, too. But as you know, there's just 24 hours. It's just not enough I know. hours. Or I wish we didn't have to sleep. That would be yeah. uh, that would be nice. Um, and I'll see you at out of New York. Um, yes. And um, well, that's in uh, October. <laughs> it's in October. That's correct. <laughs> and yeah. I can't remember. I think it's the third weekend. Uh, but I could be off by, yeah, by the weekend. Yeah, I it's crazy. My schedule is so packed, but uh, that's going to be fun. I'm excited about that. If it's half as fun as Chicago, it's going to be awesome. So, and I'm sure. Oh my it's goodness! Gonna yeah, it's going to be great. And as you know, it'll come up really fast. I, I mean, know. time just doesn't stop. It's amazing, and only it's up to us to stop it. Yep. But right? I'll see you. I'll see you on the streets of Vancouver. Probably bump into you. We'll go. We'll Absolutely. go and have a drink, and um, and people can just go to thepassionatephotographer.com and they can sign up to your awesome newsletter. Right. Oh, well, yes, absolutely. They can sign up and they can find information in the shop about the various workshops. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, it's, it's always great to, to talk to you and, and you know, and, and through you talk to uh, the millions of people that you have listening. Millions. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're close. Um, well, that's awesome. Have fun at the conventions. This should be quite an interesting year. So uh, I look forward to seeing those images and the book in um in a year or two maybe absolutely yeah awesome. yeah that's the plan i gotta get on a schedule like you so <laughs> yeah i know procrastinate exactly <laughs> well i'll talk to you soon steve thank you well, thanks very much valerie take care of yourself thank you and we are at the end of another episode of street focus please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show and don't forget to leave us a rating on itunes my name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. <laughs> <laughs>